Hi folks, thanks for joining us here at Liberty Online. Again, uh, I'm thankful that you are supportive of what it is that we do here. I pray that you are continuing to grow, um, that, uh, that you are continuing to be patient with one another and, and all of the circumstances that surround us in life. I know that last week I shared uh, with the group here that Grief is something that we are going to have to do. We have to grieve together some of the things that, uh, that we've not gotten to do or some of the things that we wish we could have done, things like that. Um, but it does not stop us from being thankful for what God has done for us this year. Remember, as we, as we ended last week, that, that the reminder was that, that God has been good to me. And as David comes to the end of that psalm, the reminder of that, again, I pass on to you this week. I wasn't sure what, uh, what character I would land on this week. Actually, I was really struggling knowing all that was going on in our world. And, and I prayed pretty earnestly that God would direct me. And honestly, he led me to uh, a a book in the Old Testament that, that I've covered before and a familiar story, but one that I would not have thought about for this week. And, and as I read it and moved through it, I realized there was some really good stuff in the book of Jonah. And so if you're joining along, we're going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Jonah. There's only four chapters, so it won't be hard to stay with me this morning. Um, we're going to look at how Jonah ministered to the nation of Nineveh and, and what it was that he did and how God wanted him to do it and what he actually did. So uh, look at Jonah chapter 1 with me, verses 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that part. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. That part of the story we know well, right? Jonah is the one that, that runs from God. He jumps into a boat going the opposite direction that God wants him to sail in. We know a little bit about Jonah. We know that he was a prophet and he had relayed messages from God before. He is mentioned in 2 Kings as well. If you look at 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25, you'll see a mention of Jonah and the message that he brought to the nation of Israel. So he's not an unknown prophet uh, in other contexts, but this was a specific Target. This was what God wanted him to do, is to go to Nineveh. And I want to make sure that, that we understand what Nineveh was. I know that, that we get, jo, uh, get Jonah's interpretation of what Nineveh is, but I want you to understand what was going through Jonah's head when he heard the word Nineveh. 
First of all, it's the capital of another country nearby named Assyria, a, a warring people, a very, very wicked and uh, murderous people. If you look at their history and study them at all, they're, they're a pretty vicious and violent people, uh, not like what is on the Veggie Tales where they slap each other with fish. They did much worse to one another. They did much worse to the nation of Israel. And so Jonah would have been familiar with the Assyrian people and their wickedness toward Israel specifically. And God even makes mention of that, right? That, that I want to preach against them because their wickedness has come up before me. So they were so wicked that God had noticed them. That, that their wickedness had risen to his level, they would have been an enemy of Israel. They would have been somebody dead set against Israel. They would have done everything in their power to overthrow them and conquer them, carry them off into captivity as they did. And we know what happens, right? Jonah, hearing this news about going to Nineveh, this wicked, murderous people, he decides, I don't want to do it, Lord. I don't want to do what you're asking me to do. I, I just can't find it in myself to do it. And so he flees. He goes to Joppa, finds a boat that is going in the opposite direction. He heads out into the ocean away from Nineveh. And a great storm comes up. Jonah says to the crew, it's my fault. The storm is because I am running from my God. They finally settle that, yeah, okay, Jonah, we believe you. What do you want us to do? And he said, you need to throw me into the sea. And so he is willing at that moment to sacrifice his life for that crew on that ship. It's the first thing that Joseph does on this, or Jonah does on this journey uh, to show that he still has a connection with God and that he wants to do what is pleasing to God. And so he allows them to throw him into the sea to appease the God that he is running from. And God sees that and we know the story, right? The great fish then swallows Jonah up. And Jonah spends three days inside of the whale or the great fish as it is actually brought out through our textual look. Um, we don't know for sure that it was a whale, but it does make sense that it would be a mammal having a chamber in which it would breathe oxygen through and stay relatively close to the surface at times. It could have been uh, the way God provided for Jonah, but that's for a totally other time. Jonah finds himself in the belly of this whale or, or great fish, and he begins to pray to God. Now he sees what I have done. I have fled from God, they've thrown me into the sea, and even though I ran from what God wanted me to do, he brought this fish somehow to save me. This is some of what he is doing to take care of me. And Jonah, inside of that fish, in chapter two, 
praise these words. It's another look into what might be going on inside of Jonah's mind, just like we did with David last week. Jonah says in chapter 2, verses 2 to 10, he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me, and I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Jonah's attitude was changing and softening right toward God. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head, and to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah on to dry land. Now Jonah softens his heart to God's desire. When he recognizes again that God has not forgotten him, he softens his heart. When he realizes, right, my life was ebbing away. He's sinking deep into the ocean. He knows it's almost over. And God makes a way to save Jonah. And in that moment, his heart softens and returns to who God is. And he says this, that to those who cling to worthless idols, they turn away from God's love for them. Being used by God, even in this instance, was something that, that Jonah had to come to realization was one idol that he had worshipped. He had been a successful prophet in the past, and, and God was now working in a different way. The message in 2 Kings, if you have looked there already, that's great. In 2 Kings chapter 12, I believe, chapter 14, verse 25. The message that Jonah was entrusted with before was a prominent one. So Jonah's experience with God's 
word to the Israelites was one of prominence and, and prosperity. It was one about restoring borders and giving land back to Israel, about expansion of Israel and all of the good and faithful things that God was going to do for his people. And his national heart swelled as he got to tell his people, Israel, God loves you and he's going to do this for you and he's going to continue to grow you and expand your vision and and those things that he got to tell Israel were good and he loved being in that spot he he relished the moment to share God's goodness to his people and his faithfulness to the generations the message that was coming now from God was to one of Jonah's enemies one of very different means. Jonah needed a real life reminder of God's grace in his life. He needed a moment in time where he had to revisit my life is ebbing away and I must remember you, Lord. My prayer must rise to you. My heart must turn away from idols and back to God's love for me. And then I'll be ready to say salvation comes from the Lord. To go back to the message that God wants everyone to hear. As well as a reminder of God's grace, it was in a return to humility for Jonah as well. That he needed to be humbled, that he needed to return to humility before God. And that would mean taking a message of salvation to his enemies. To allow himself to be the mouthpiece of good news to people that hated him and his nation. And Jonah knew that from the beginning. When he heard God cry out, say, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and here's what I want you to do. He knew God's character. And he knew that the message would be one of salvation because he knew who God was. He understood what God was going to do. And so after he gets spit out onto dry land and he's prayed this and his heart is reset and he is back with God, even though begrudgingly, he obeys the word of the Lord. So in chapter three, we'll move down to chapter three now, verses three through six, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. And now Nineveh was a very large city it took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Jonah's message to the Ninevites 
was one directly from God and God had been preparing this for some time. You need to understand the context here, the time frame for Nineveh. Assyria had begun to lose its dominance in the region. It had lost several conflicts, was, was kind of shuddering at what might be coming down the road. There also was recorded a couple of uh, eclipses in 784, I believe, BC, and those were thought to be some bad omens, an eclipse of the sun and a power that, that related to that for the kingdom of Nineveh. God had been preparing, preparing the Ninevites for Jonah to arrive. He had set all of this up and one day into his, his excursion into Nineveh and everybody begins to repent. The, the common tradition of falling uh, in repentance or at least in uh, observance and regret was sackcloth and ash. You would, you would take your clothes and remove all of the garments and run it and cover yourself with sackcloth. And from the greatest to the least, the Ninevites began to do this as Jonah said, judgment is coming. They believed the word of God through Jonah. God had been preparing their hearts to hear what Jonah had to say. Insert this foreign prophet, right? forecasting their fall and destruction right into the middle of it. And all of a sudden, the entire empire is concerned that they're going to be destroyed. Now, I don't want to lead you to believe that the entire nation of Assyria came to know the God of the Israelites and everybody changed. No, they fell because they were, they were scared to death that they were going to be destroyed. That there were those around them that would come in and slaughter them as they had done for generations on other people. Their repentance was one to spare their lives, not necessarily of recognition of the God of Israel. There's no, ed, there's no belief in that. There's no record of that that I have found that, that in this study. It's just a recognition of their situation. Nineveh didn't want to be destroyed. Okay, it came down to that. They listened to Jonah and his word from God. The entire city waited for God to reveal his nature. The nature that Jonah already knew God was prepared to do. Jonah was an expert in who God was. He had spent time with him and he knew of his loving kindness. And everybody was relying upon the grace of God except Jonah. When they all humbled themselves before God and the word of the Lord from Jonah, this was Jonah's reaction in, verse, in chapter four, verse one. But to Jonah... This seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord? 
when I was still at home. This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? And that is the question that we all have to consider as we think about our enemies or those who might persecute us, those who might think differently than us. Jonah's reaction is based on real human emotion. It's, it's reality. It's his experiences with the Assyrians wrapped up in some personal turmoil. We don't know what effect the Assyrians or the Ninevites had specifically on Jonah's life. There's evidence that they would have been instrumental in inflicting pain probably directly into his family. He has a real root of bitterness here toward the Ninevites over something that has happened in his life. But he has to answer the question that God puts out. Is it right for you to be angry when you know by your own admission that I am gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. It is difficult, humanly speaking, to extend grace, compassion and love of our God to those who live or think or act differently than we do sometimes especially when there's a history of wounding, when there is pain in our life that comes from past experiences, it's very difficult for us to allow room for God to be gracious to the people that hurt us. But it's what he wants us to learn from this story. God asks Jonah a simple question. Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah knew firsthand from his deliverance, the love of God toward one who has turned his back on God. Jonah had just been that guy. I ran away from God and he loved me Anyway, Jonah knew the depth of compassion, of grace that God had possessed in his life and had demonstrated to him. He did what God asked, but not wholeheartedly. We finally see Jonah do what he was asked to do in the first place but he still doesn't do it wholeheartedly. He still is, is resentful and he still is conflicted, but he obeys. And that's why God asks him again, you obeyed, but is it right for you to be angry? 
Yes, you did what I asked, but is your heart right? We're all living in a time of division, of hurt, uncertainty. Is it right for us to rise up in anger? Is it right for us to be angry? We may have been wounded. We may have been hurt. We may face uncertainty and not know what is coming. But is it right for us to be angry? Or are we to take the gracious, compassionate, loving hand of God into ours and allow him to lead us in a way that is best for eternity? Our eternity and the salvation of everyone else in the world that, that call upon his name. The challenge is to trust God, not the world we live in. Jonah needed to trust the compassion, the graciousness of God, his loving kindness, and, and was given an opportunity to be drawn back into the will of God and be used. And he did. He obeyed and he still struggled. It doesn't mean we won't struggle, but is it right to be angry? We need to wrestle with that. Or do we need to funnel all of our energies into our relationship with God? The grace and the compassion and love that he wants to show to our world so that salvation can come from God. Just what he says here. Salvation comes from the Lord. That was what Jonah was learning that in and through this entire story, he was learning to trust that God was bringing salvation to him and to others. Love people well and pray for those who persecute you. Start there. Turn your anger into something that is funneled through God. Take your woundedness and allow God to bind it up. Obey him. As Paul again reminds us, as we have done every week in Romans chapter 12, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Obey God. That's what Jonah did. Yes, he wrestled with it. But in that moment, you will find what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, thank you for your love for us, for your compassion, for your grace to us. I pray that, that as we read the words of Jonah in that prayer, we understand that, yes, as we are tossed about in the sea of despair, we know that our life is ebbing away. What have we been doing with it? 
Lord, I pray that, that you would remind us of your grace, of your compassion, of your love for us, and that we would tell the world that salvation comes from our God. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to do that, to love people well. Thank you for using us in that capacity. In Jesus' name, amen.